when we pray, when we long and we ask God to do a work, may we lean on him and his will to be done. The prayer is not that he now understands what we want. Prayer is that you might understand where God is going. Amen. Well, hey, we are in a series here. We are walking through a series talking about prayer. And all year long, we've been talking about uh, having a John 15 life, right? We started with the Abide series, what it means to take time to spend life with our God, to follow Him, the Abide series there as we look to become more like Him and look to draw life from Him, right? He is the vine, we are the branches. And now we're diving into this prayer series and we're talking through what it means to take time to abide as we draw near to the throne in prayer. This is a super important deal. Uh, all too often we get used to spending our lives just kind of running around busy, and then when everything goes bad, then we come. And really the privilege of prayer is that we can come, yes then, but so much more than just then. May God truly get all the glory. And so, hey, we've actually had a bookmark that we've been handing out. If you have not gotten this over the last couple of weeks, make sure you grab one on the table on your way out. Just kind of summarizes Jesus Christ's statement of, here is the Lord's Prayer. Here's an example, a guideline. Everybody say guideline. Right? He said, pray like this. He didn't say, pray this, right? It's a guideline. It's a great example. And so we broke it down into five parts and how we can learn from it. In fact, we're going to see it pop back up today in the example we look at. So make sure you've got this bookmark. Make sure you're walking it through. Let this bookmark modify your prayer life. May God get all the glory, right? Take some time throughout your day, morning and night, to be able to go after it with him. And again, like I said, if you haven't gotten one, grab a bookmark at the table on the way out. And uh, if you want to grab for some others, feel free to do that as well, all right? Okay, that said, as we walk through this prayer series, we're just breaking down uh, the Lord's Prayer into pieces. He started out, he's like, let's be personal, our Father, Right? There's a relationship, a call out of family. The Jewish people could only call their God Yahweh, and they wouldn't even use that name, so they would just say, Lord, Adonai. That's how they would call the Father out. And Jesus is like, you have privilege. You can actually call him Father. It's a huge relational moment. We get to come before our God personally, privately. And so do that, right? That's a first part of our prayer piece. And then last week, we looked at respect. To be able to come saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like your way, whatever you say, God, you're in charge. I worship you. That is a massive respect statement. And for us to start out really with just those two, that's power prayer. Like if you just ended there, that is a great moment. Like, Father, thank you that you so love, you so reach in, and it is your will, your way. Amen. Like, man, you're going to live a different life when you start thinking that way and praying that way. But he goes on from there, and this week we get the privilege of being able to say that we can ask of him, right? He says, give me this day my daily bread. Notice it says daily. It's not like, let me stock up bread for the next year so I don't have to lean on you or ever have a worry or a concern. Everybody say, not that. Right? He's like, give me this day my daily bread. And so, Lord, I bring you today what is on my mind today, what is pressing in today. We have the privilege of asking of our God and trusting his will along the way. So today, we're going to be looking at asking. 
and God's provision in it. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 39. Luke 22, starting in verse 39. This is actually when Jesus is going into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's beginning to pray there right before he goes to the cross, right? So time frame wise, he's told them he's going to die. Some of them have grasped that's what he meant. Some of them didn't quite grasp it. But he said, basically, he's going to die on the cross. He also said he's going away and they can't come with. They were beginning, beginning to perceive that this is going to be a pretty long-standing thing. Like everything is going to be different. The last three years of ministry are changing. And then he said, one of you is going to betray me. We all know now that's Judas. He's like, Judas is going to betray me. And then further, Peter, the lead of them, the one who had the kind of big bravado, he's like, listen, you're going to deny me three times before this evening is done, right? They have had a massive upheaval going on. And then Jesus says, it's time for me to get away in my regular fashion to go and pray. And they were following along with him. That's where we're picking it up today, all right? So point number one is we go after an ask, ready? Have a regular time and place to come before your God. Have a regular time and place to come before your God. Starts out here, he says, and he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. Let's just hold right there, okay? So Jesus came out. He came out of Jerusalem, not a very big city, the walls around it, not that big. And as he went out of the walls of Jerusalem, it says uh, he went to the Mount of Olives. Literally, that means as he stepped outside of the city, he went down this little hill through a little bottom and up a little part of a hill. It's like super close. We're talking like six, seven minute walk. Okay, Max, as he just did this little walk down the hill and across and up into the Mount of Olives. And in fact, we know from other passages of scripture to the Garden of Gethsemane, it's a garden of olive trees. Okay, Mount of Olives and a garden of olive trees, right? Seeing it all come together, right? And so he's down there in this garden. Notice it says, and he came and went as was his custom. Don't miss that. Super regular in his time and his place. Jesus was prioritizing time with the Father. And this needs to be our power time in prayer. That it becomes a custom. It's regular. It says it was his custom. He went out there and he prayed. The God of the universe talking in perfect unity with God the Father. God the Son and God the Father in this deep massive, regular connection, time and place. Everybody say time and place. That's a really big deal to be able to go after that. Simply put, how are you doing at having a custom in praying? A time and a place where you set it aside and say, okay, let's go after it. We've been talking in this prayer series about saying, hey, just give a couple minutes in the morning and a couple minutes at night. Just a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening to be able to bookend your day and be able to start it out and close it off and maybe even more throughout the day, but for sure the morning and the evening and make that your custom. A little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening and let's go after it together. 
It says he went as was his custom and the disciples followed him. Notice it does not say the disciples walked along beside him. This is Jesus carrying the load of it all. He knows he's going to the cross. He will carry the weight of the sin of the world on him alone. He is moving out ahead. The other guys are moving behind. Quite frankly, a little bit grief stricken at this point. Like, I don't even know what he's talking about. I, I thought he was... I thought he was going to become Messiah. I thought the kingdom was going to come in. I thought Israel was going to be the massive kingdom of the universe and he was going to be king over it all. And, and now he's saying he's leaving and dude, you're denying him. I don't know what you're talking about, right? They're talking back and forth as they're walking and hurting and questioning and they're following along behind him. Jesus in front, the disciples after so Jesus going out for his regular custom. So I looked up how to form a habit, right? So just a couple of simple statements here, how to form a habit. Uh, we're gonna use a little bit of a, maybe even a psychological statement on this, ready? How to form a habit. This isn't quoted chapter and verse. Everybody say not that. But here's a thought, right? So just write these three numbers down. Two, two, three. Two, two, three. Okay, ready? Two minutes. Twice a day for three weeks. It sounds like I'm writing you a prescription, doesn't it? <laughs> two minutes, twice a day, three weeks. They talk about how to form a habit in your life, a good habit. A couple of minutes set with fixed time and place, twice a day. You go on for three weeks of that and you form a habit. Let's get this square. That means like, Morning and evening, a couple of minutes till Thanksgiving, and you have a habit of being a praying person. Dude, that's a huge deal. Let's get after this together. Two, two, three. Just a couple of minutes. And, and it doesn't mean your, your prayers don't have to be like 94 minutes long, right? Please, please not that. Just two minutes. And what you're gonna find is as you start to get a habit, You'll start to increase that in spaces and places. Like today's a day of big worship, God. I got to bring this to you. And you spend more time with your God on that. Or maybe there's a huge thing going on and you start asking in bigger fashion and it gets a little longer. But just start with the two minutes, twice a day, three weeks. Let's be a praying church. And all of God's people said, that was weak. And all of God's people said, let's go after it, man. Let's do this. It's just a couple of minutes. There is no way you don't have the time for that. There's no way. This is absolutely doable. Let's make sure we give our lives to our king and celebrate him. So the two, two, three rule along the way. Um, just a little practical statement. Again, like I said, trying to get out ahead and walk through these myself. And how does this work out? Uh, just kind of a standard custom. And I told you a couple of weeks here, uh, you don't want to make that starting point in bed, on your pillow. I'm just telling you, you bought those for a good reason. It's so that you can sleep well. So don't do that. You'll tend to find it a little tough. So I get up, I get the bed made, I go get ready. I've ended up picking the couch to be the spot. I go out to the couch. Here's the problem. The couch is also the spot where I study for sermons. The couch is also the spot where I look up news and updates and what's going on in the world and what's taking place with my fantasy teams and like there's too many other things going on on that couch so I've decided not to couch like pick a place that is focused for that 
two minutes, twice a day, three weeks, set spot. Maybe it's right next to your bed. Maybe you choose a posture like on your knees. Just know this, it's not ungodly to change your posture when your knees hurt. And all of God's people said, (laughs) all right? Please be super practical. Let's not kill the prayer so that we don't feel like we're, you know, not on our knees long enough. Let's go through this in a powerful way. May God get the glory. Two minutes, twice a day, pick your spot, make it a unique spot so that you can focus and worship with him and you will form a habit by Thanksgiving. That's the plan, okay? Let's go after it together. So, simple question. Think of a unique spot in your house. What would that be? You're gonna get half the job done right now. What's that unique spot where you could be praying twice a day for three weeks? Got it? Some of you look very perplexed. It's not that hard, man. Just get that spot. Okay, you got it? Great. Let's keep going. Point number two, be specific and practical in your request of your king. Be specific and practical in your request of your king. It says, and when he came to the place, he's got a spot. He knows what he's going after. He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. I love this. Jesus is about ready to go to the cross for the sins of the world. And he doesn't say, pray for me. He doesn't say that. He says, pray for yourselves. Pray that you won't go into temptation here. This is a massive giving God. And it wouldn't have been wrong for him to say, pray for me as I go into this. But such a giving God, and he knows what they're about ready to face. What temptation? Satan is about ready to bring a massive onslaught into their lives. He is going to challenge their commitment maybe like never before for them. And they're going to be pressed in to stay with Christ or step away. And Satan's going to be pressing to step away. Not only that, but they're completely despairing. They wished it was different. And in the middle of the despair, they're going to be tempted to just give up. To just lay down. To just in exhaustion and in hurt to just go to bed. Have you ever been there? Where you're grieving so bad that you just say, I just just gotta crash, man. That's where they're at. And he's like, make sure you're praying in the midst. Yes, prayer can have a massive impact on our grief and our approach to our God in the middle of our grief. May we come to him with all we've got. And uh, He says, and he withdrew, and Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw. I love how very practical and specific. About a stone's throw. Stone, you know, kind of like mid-size, so you pick it up a little bit, maybe smaller than a hardball baseball, right? And, uh, you know, a stone's throw. Not a a stone's chuck, right? Not like, right? But a throw, just kind of, right? Picture like... Somewhere in the, maybe the start of the back bowl, right? Like Jesus walks about that far away in the Garden of Gethsemane and he goes after some prayer time, him alone with his father. It says, and he knelt down and prayed. He took a posture that said, Father, you're in charge. 
posture can do a ton for your prayer. I'm telling you, you kneeling down and raising up your hands can light your prayer up as you put your body and your soul and your mind into it for the handful of minutes you're going after it and watch God do a work. Doesn't mean you have to be kneeling. For those of you who love rules, I did not just say you have to kneel down. And all of God's people said, right? This isn't the new set of legalistic rules we can adopt. We all get that, right? This is just, Lord, help me to light up my prayer life for you. And uh, so yeah, Jesus is kneeling down and praying. He takes a posture and a mindset that says, you're in charge. And he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Now, if you read through this fast, you'll miss it, but actually the same four elements, five elements that we talk about being in a prayer, the Lord's Prayer, are right here. Notice he starts out, he says, Father, he starts out personal. Like the connection between him and God the Father. Oh, Father. Then he moves to the respect. The your kingdom come, your will be done, right? He says, Father, if you are willing, whatever your will is, you're in charge. Respect. So personal, respectful. And then he moves to the ask. Take this cup from me. Jesus saying, look, as I stepped into this world, as I clothed myself with humanity, I took on slight limitation. He's not any less God. He is fully God. Everybody say fully God. Fully God. But he did set aside some of the privilege. And in the midst of the absence of some of that privilege, he's like, Father, you know what's best. Man, I'm telling you the weight I am about ready to carry. My request would be if there is any reason that this should change, let's change it. That's where I'm at. I throw my request out. If this cup could be taken from me, that would be awesome. That's the moment of him recognizing the pain coming and the weight coming. But his spirit completely in as he says, your will, right? So he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. His clear, simple request, remove this cup. Man, when we go to pray, clear and simple. Very specific. Not God, here's the problem, like, you know, whatever. Like, whatever. Not that. Everybody say, not that. God, here's the specific problem. I would love for this to specifically be the answer. This specific. Healing in this way, Lord, would be phenomenal. Like, one of my children or my loved ones coming back to you in a powerful way, God, their life changed. That's my prayer. Lord, I wait on you and I watch you. I am willing for you to move in whatever way you see fit. Clear and specific, trusting in him. And uh, as we walk through it now, we've done the P, we've done the R, we've done the A, right? Then comes the yield where we would normally say, Lord, please forgive me. Jesus doesn't have that part. He's sinless. There's not a moment where he says, please forgive me, Father, for that's not needed. Never sinned in his life. We'll fill that blank in, right? Y'all with me? Don't skip the Lord, please forgive me. Keep a short list with your father, right? Lord, please forgive me. And then Jesus hits the end piece, the submit. Again, Lord, you lead me your way, right? He says, 
in the end here, remove this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You lead me. It's the exact prayer we've gone over, guidelined and modeled in. Literally in two sentences, you can pray this guideline prayer. And it is massive and powerful and focused and clear and worshipful and humble. And it lifts your God up. Are you ready to take time to say, God, in the midst of this world, I come to you. And Lord, I come celebrating who you are. You know, this simple statement as Jesus said, Lord, I trust you, Father, just lead whatever you decide. He's like, I trust your knowledge. I trust your power. I trust your love. I am in. That needs to be our battle cry. I trust you, your knowledge, your power, and your love. You know, I'll tell you, over the last number of years, you guys know, most of you know, that our family's gone through a ton. I had obviously the brain surgeries over the whole last decade, right? We had three brain surgeries and then a radiation treatment. And uh, so what we decided to do as we were walking through those things is uh, we called our family together to the couch. The same couch I was just talking about. (laughs) But we called them to the couch. And we would sit on that couch and we would update them on what was going on. Girls, we need to talk to you, let's sit down. And we would share a little bit of what we had found from the doctors, where we were headed, if a surgery was needed, whatever was going on. And we gave, it actually got to the point where we were like, hey girls, could you come out to the couch? And they're like, why? What's going on? What's happening, right? But we'd get out to the couch, we'd sit down and we'd talk a little bit and we'd share what was happening and here's where we're at and this is our request. And we would come before our God with tears in our eyes and trusting as we simply said, God, here's our request. In this surgery, can you take this tumor completely? That's our request. God chose three times over to say, no, that's not where I'm going. But I get part of it. And when we got to the end, Lord, with this radiation, would you please use this radiation to just knock it dead? And God at this point has said, got that. That's where we're at and on hold. But man, our battle cry was, my God can, and my God will. And even if my God doesn't, we will worship you. Here is our specific request. That became what we would call the war couch. We would go to that spot, and we would take time together, and we would lay it before the king. And are you ready to come before your God clearly? Humbly, specifically, whatever's going on, and handing it to Him. Lord, I trust you, and I count on you. You are my King. Are you ready to trust deeply in your God? That's our privilege, right? Point number three. In the face of great struggle, know that your God is with you and bring it with all you have. In the face of great struggle, know that your God is with you and bring it with all you have. Do not hold back. 
Humble, clear, specific, trusting God, you've got this, I look to you. As Jesus got done saying, Father, take this cup, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. It says, and there appeared to him an angel strengthening him. I love this statement. Man, know this. Your God, I wrote this down this week. In our struggle, God always provides. In our struggle, God always provides either a way around it or strength to walk through it. Either a healing from it or a strength to go through it, whatever it is. Know this, your God will always provide. Everybody say always. Either a way around or a strength to walk through. In this case, the angel pouring on strength there. It says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Yes, there was strength given, and no, it didn't take away the agony. But it gave power and ability. It gave reassurance and confidence. And Jesus, in the midst of the agony, it says, and he prayed more earnestly. He brought it Big. He knew he was about ready to be betrayed. He knew he was about to be denied. He knew that he was going to be whipped and beaten and mocked and carry the weight of the sin of this world. And he loves you. And he went to that cross for you and for me. And with earnestness, he bowed before his father and he just cried out. And he trusted him for all that was going on. He prayed all the more. And are you facing something that is devastating? Are you facing a world of hurt? Are you facing isolation? Maybe a spouse has passed away or the loss of a loved one. Are you facing physical health that as you racked up and you wish there was an answer, you're struggling, God, what's next? Are you wrestling with a child who has gone away, you wish they didn't, and you're longing for them to come home to the Lord with all you've got? And do you have something welling up where you're like, Lord, I long for you to work and I'm coming to you. Notice it says, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. Like drops of blood, everybody say like. Sweating so hard, so thick, it was like blood. Pouring it on, trusting in the Father, holding nothing back. Praying so fervently that sweat began to form. Man, are you ready to come to your king and lay it on the line with him? That's our privilege. That's our joy. That's our hope that we can believe firmly in the power of prayer. And so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take a little bit of time right now to do exactly that. To take a little bit of time to hand our struggles to our God. So I'm just going to ask you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to bring it to him right where we are. Let's just walk through the prayer that we've already got. Father, 
God Almighty, thank you that I can call you dad. And just right where you are, I'm humbled that I can be in your family. You may want to take a posture with your hands or on your knees or whatever, but you're just like, Lord God, your will, your kingdom, your way, you're in charge. Just hand it to him. And whatever it is you're struggling with now, just bringing it to him, Lord God, this is what I'm struggling with. My specific request is. Just bring it to your king right now. Humbly. Trusting in him. With all you've got, Father God, hear us cry out to you. Lord, hear our hurts and hear our trust. We give this problem to you in full. Here's what I'm going to ask. There are many in here who are struggling and hurting with something, and I would love to pray for you. In general, not in specific, but just right where you are, I just ask, if you have a heavy thing going on, there's something going on with health, there's something going on with job, with family, there's something going on with a loved one you would long to see come back to Christ, whatever it is, just right where you are, man, just go ahead and stand up that we might be able to pray for you, that I might be able to pray for you. Amen, man. Amen. Man, so many all over. If you have something going on that you're ready to lead, lead to the Lord and hand it with Him, just stand right where you are, all right? Just give it to Him with all you've got. Hold nothing back. Man. Anybody else? I don't want to go to praying too fast here. If you're wrestling with something, if it's time to hand it to him, just stand up, give it to him. Lord God, I'm in. Your will, your way. Amen. Powerful. All right. Here's what I'm going to ask. Just right where you are, if somebody is standing right around you, just get a hand on them, all right? Let's not leave them alone in this. Just right where you are, we've got people standing all over the place, so just go ahead and get a hand on them. Don't worry, it's not COVID, we're all good, right? <laughs> just get a hand on them. Amen. 
We've got some people still not covered. We need people with hands on here, all right? Heavenly Father, we now pray to you and we come to you. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Lord, we praise your name that we can trust you and come to you. Lord, we look to you and we thank you for all that you are. And Lord, for each of those now who is coming to you and trusting you, clearly giving this problem to you, Lord, may you thunderously move in their life. Your will, Lord. May you hear their cry for health or healing, for strength in the battle. May you hear their cry for a loved one to come to trust you. Lord, may you hear their cry for the ability to drop whatever addiction has them. Lord, may you do an amazing healing work right now in this room. Thank you for all that you are. And we cry out together. Just say it with me now. My God can. Ready? My God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You may be seated. Love you guys. We have a lot going on in this world. We have a lot going on in this room. May we trust the God we can come to. May we cry out to him for our personal needs. May we cry out to him for the things going on in the world like Pastor Mike was praying for so many that are persecuted, man. Be praying for all that's going on in Israel. Be praying for wisdom and protection for people to come to trust Christ in this, for the end of terror to go on. Like, just be praying, may God move. But personally in our lives, we can bring our things. Two, two, three. Two minutes, twice a day, three weeks, and you will be a praying person. And then just start letting that flow and grow as God so leads. And all of God's people said, he said, Point number four, battle exhaustion, knowing that it will be one of your greatest temptations. Battle exhaustion, knowing that it will be one of your greatest temptations. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. I just have to say, I can't tell you how many times I read this uh, over my years. And when I read and he found them sleeping, I was like, unbelievable. These guys had one job. And they gave it up. But man, don't read too fast. Because look what it says right after it. He came to the disciples and he found them sleeping for sorrow. They are wiped out. They are in absolute grief and despair. They are looking at what's ahead of them and they are devastated at what they're seeing. And it is soaking their soul dry. Have you been there? 
where you can barely cry tears, you're so exhausted. And they crashed out asleep. I guarantee you they started to pray. And they prayed for a while. And they wiped out in the midst of it. They were sleeping for sorrow. It said, and Jesus said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. He was like, listen, there's a temptation to let the grief take over. There's a temptation to let your comfort, your, your tiredness take over. But more than that, there's going to be a temptation from Satan to walk away from me. There's going to be a temptation to walk away from the plan to build the church that Christ might get all the glory. There is going to be a temptation along the way to drag you down and pull you away. To cause you to think, why should I pray? If God's just going to do it anyway, why pray? And here's the answer. Because he strengthens you. Because he guides you. Because he walks you on a journey and his glory is the ultimate goal. Look, man, there are so many that say prayer doesn't work. That is because they're praying for their will to be done. And they are finding it to not be very effective. I have not found a way yet to manipulate the sovereign God of the universe. That's what they're saying. Right? Here's the reality. When we cry out, when we pray, when we long and we ask God to do a work, may we lean on him and his will to be done. The prayer is not that he now understands what we want. Oh, I didn't know you meant that. Let me give it to you. Prayer is that you might understand where God is going, that you might be strengthened in the process, and that you might be ready for a battle maybe like you've never seen before. May God get all the praise. Ready? And all of God's people said, he said, rise and pray that you may not enter temptation. Here's my request. Don't grieve alone. Don't grieve alone. Don't grieve without your God. Be specific, be clear, be trusting, be humble, and let the battle cry go, my God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I worship you. I'm in. May we trust on him. It's not about my comfort, it's about my king. And all of God's people said, May we worship and praise our God. May we recognize the privilege we have to ask of the Almighty and watch him move however he so sees fit. That is coming to our Lord in prayer. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 